right, welcome to the second part of our March Madness uh, pre-tournament episode. Uh, it was really fun talking about the East and West regions. Obviously, we talked about our Hawkeyes. Uh, we could have talked with a little more excitement, but let's be honest. There's just there's just so much excitement we can have right now. Uh, it's more nervousness. I'm excited to see them yeah, go on. It is nervousness right now. It's nervousness. We were just talking. Me and Matt are going to actually watch Iowa play their first game together. It's going to be a great uh, it's going to be the first time me and Matt are seeing each other since he got back. It's going to be a great occasion. Uh, but like that is the only game that we probably feel comfortable watching it outdoors with. Yeah. Because everything else is going to be like, I don't want to be around people when this is going down. I feel that. I'm going to be, I want to be at home and either just in, not at home, but I want to be in a comfortable environment where I can either be as upset or angry or happy or whatever emotion is overtaking me as I possibly want to be. There you go. I, I so feel that. I so, oh, that's, I think every fan feels that. I don't know any fan that loves watching their team play an important game in front of other people. Like if it's a, it's a bar full of the same fans maybe, but even then, even even then then, I'm like, yeah, 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 get away from me. I guess I like, I like going to some Iowa football games at like the Iowa bar, but like Iowa, Indiana, Iowa, Nebraska. I guess we did watch the Iowa State game at the bar a few years ago. Man, what were we thinking? We were off our effing rocker. Well, I got I wasted. I got wasted and threw up. So I, I think I acted the right way at that at that game. I. <laughs> I think no, that you was weren't fair. the only. You weren't the only one, at least on the getting wasted part. But yeah, there but you go. It was the Iowa State game. We were at the Iowa bar. What, what are we gonna do? I don't, Six waters, please. Six waters. Uh, no, that's fair. That is fair. Hopefully, the great we'll thing about it. like cheering on Iowa, like, and maybe this is other colleges too. I don't know, but I, I don't have as much extensive uh, research in the topic. But like at Iowa, like bars or Iowa sporting events, there's always like grown ass adults. Like I know technically we are adults, but we're not. There are like Half you know like fifteen and sixty year olds that like have careers and have their shit together that are getting absolutely after it. That you're kind of like, oh yeah, I guess I probably should too. Like I, <laughs> at like the Iowa bar, there's always like at the bar bar, like dudes that are like 50 and like I know are successful guys who are getting absolutely tanked. So you know, it makes you feel a little more like, yeah, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get after it today. There you go. Don't mind us. We're just fake adults chugging beer in the corner. Um, like, that's if they're gonna do it. Then it feels socially acceptable. There you go. Peer pressure, but from afar. Um, well, let's start. We're talking beer. Let's go to the beer garden uh, for for our recording today. Uh, what beer are you drinking today, Matt? I have some uh, Evil Twin Brewing going on today. It's an IPA called All Dressed Up and Nowhere to Go. Ooh. All Dressed a- Up and Nowhere to Go. Isn't it? Yeah. Isn't that, that's the, oh, yeah. It works here. It's, uh, they got, it's, the place always kind of has some, like, crazy ass unique that's one of the more kind of normal names that their their beers have um usually like very artistic sort of cans uh double dry hopped beer so pretty hoppy ipa citrusy like orange and grapefruit especially uh but it's a good one the gloom in the air it was kind of you know not a great day so it didn't really match the the beer um but it was a good beer so all dressed up and nowhere to go that sounds like villanova's motto for this tournament huh but um, <laughs> got him. We haven't even ripped on him yet, and the one-liners are, we're already just we're already there. I'm ready for it. Um, well, that's great. Uh, do you want to give it a rating? Do you want to give it a memory you have with it? I mean, is it your first time having it? It is. It is. But it's from the it's from the um, first time having it. But it's from the brewery that's really close to uh, my apartment. So I just love. Oh, that. very nice. The I place love that. I stumbled upon on the run, um, and it's it's just a cool spot and. Great beer and, and like I said, very you know like artistic with their their uh, designs and stuff. So yeah, it's a it's a nice little spot. Nice little spot. If you were in Iowa City, where would you drink this beer? What bar would you drink this beer? What what bar does this beer give off the vibe of? I'm not. I don't think any bar in Iowa City probably probably <laughs> probably one of, probably one of the, like the nicer restaurants maybe. Okay, um, there you go. <laughs> Like uh, Atlas, whatever Atlas. Yeah, yeah, I could get this today. Yeah, I forgot it's not Atlas anymore. But whatever, whatever's at Atlas, there. Whatever's at Atlas, fancy too fancy for Iowa City. Well, that's fair. 
And uh, why don't you give me a rating for the for the for the episode for this? Uh, how, how many? Did, how many? Stuff. How many is it out of again? I forgot. It's whatever you want. That's what the crazy thing is. Oh, it's man. we set out of twelve. We set out of twelve. Oh right, right, out of twelve. Right. Okay. Um, I'll give it. I'll give it like nine. I, I'll give it nine. Nine and, nine and a half. Nine and a half beer cans out of 12. twelve. Getting drunk on these beer can ratings. Let me tell you. Um that's a I mean, that's a great rating. Uh, nine and a half. The, I, I would have that beer. I would have that beer. Nine um, and a half of those. What are you sipping half? on? Oh, a Heineken. Today I'm sipping on a oh, Heineken. Yeah, I I haven't drank a Heineken in a while. Um, usually I drink Heineken when I'm watching Champions League. Man, ads are so powerful. Let me they're tell you. Ads powerful. are so they're so powerful. I, I don't really like Heineken. I'm not gonna lie. Like I'm giving it, I'm giving a seven and a half out of twelve. Like I, I I'm giving a fifty percent basically. It's a good beer, but I really only like it when I'm watching soccer. I don't know what it is, but I I really yeah. um, pretty, I mean it's a ba- it's a very basic beer. It's not bad, it's, but like it's not like yeah. oh man, that Heineken tasted out of this world. Holy Heineken. It's like a a Coors Light, a European Coors Light. No, I agree. Yeah. And uh, if I was going to drink it in Iowa City Bar, hmm, what Iowa City Bar would I drink it in? I'd I'd drink it in, uh, I'd drink it at the mill. I would drink it at the mill. That seems like a in like you know good times, but like not not too crazy, not too not too legit or anything like that. Um, Yeah, I'd drink it at the mill. I would drink a Heineken at the mill. Um, Or I would drink it at... (laughs) Or I drink. I'm trying to think of a sports. I mean, I would drink it at DCs, I suppose. Uh, if I was, if I was watching, Dude, not, I literally, I was thinking DCs for some reason when you were like, "Where would I drink it?" My first thought was DCs. DCs. Okay, well, I'm gonna change it then. DCs. I think, I think I drank Hanukkah at DCs, and that's maybe where it. Oh boy, you guys will learn so much happen about Iowa City bars just from watching, uh, from listening to this episode, from this uh, to this podcast. Let me tell you. Uh, so yeah, I give it a seven and a half. Beer cans out of twelve gets you drunk. Still go home though. Everything's fine. Um, and yeah, that is our trip to the beer garden. Always fun uh, to talk about. But we're gonna move right into the NFL season. And when I say the NFL season, I obviously mean the NFL off season because legal tampering has officially started and free agents are flying all over the place uh we're also gonna go oh there we go another friend for matthew uh he is he is around the danger zone tonight let me tell you um we we wish you the best over there we really do this is called new york right (laughs) i haven't heard anything but i mean it's also too early things to happen right yeah there you go um yeah we'll also talk about the big boxing match ahead but for now let's start with legal tampering uh, NFL shape is really starting to change drastically. So many deals. We're not going to highlight specific ones. We're just going to talk about the ones that stand out to us. Uh, I'll start and be a homer. Patriots offense looks very different after legal tampering uh, has begun. Hunter Henry, Kendrick Bourne, Nelson Aguilar, and Jonu Smith all join New England to give the newly signed Cam Newton a whole new arsenal of weapons. I think they're giving Cam Newton enough weapons to see whether uh, they can work with him. I think they liked what they saw, obviously, with the offseason being shortened in the COVID situation. Uh, they weren't entirely sure what to make of his uh, kind of uh, average and, and kind of off-putting season for New England fans, obviously. Uh, but yeah, they, they they went out and signed players. I, I, I'm here for it. I mean, Matthew, can you name one receiver that isn't Julian Edelman that played, or tight end that played for New England last year? <laughs> no. I, uh, right. And, uh, I mean... Is it was it Jacoby Myers? No. There you go. Jacoby yeah. Myers. Yeah. There we go. That's, there you go. Uh, There's one. Chris Hogan's not still there, is he? No, Chris Hogan's on the Bills now. I think so. James White. No. <laughs> James White. Hey, James White is the right answer. James White is the right answer. Um, yeah, I mean, they had Nikhil Harry, who was that first round pick a little bit ago. They have uh they had Philip Dorsett who got traded now. Um, but yeah, they have a good arsenal of weapons. Are any of these players kind of uh you know game changers no but they're all pretty good i really like john smith and hunter henry uh that two tight end scent will help cam newton get out of a lot of things i mean you saw what cam newton did with greg olsen was his was was his teammate um so yeah i'm excited to see what the patriots do with their new offense and the fact that they spent more than they've spent who knows how many years combined uh exciting to see as a patriots fan who is disappointed 
uh, last season. What's what's a deal that stood out to you? Yeah, lots of them. Legal legal tampering. That's is um, that's an oxymoron for you, isn't it? Like, isn't tampering yeah, right? just like inherently <laughs> like I don't? It's like legal but it's crime. Legal. Like, I don't it know, is. That's maybe, what it is. It's I feel like I feel like we just need like a, a, a better name for this than than legal tampering. Uh, I, I thought the Chiefs, you know, signing Joe Tooney um, or Thune, um, I, I, I one of the, the my you know minor losses you guys have suffered um, in what has been a you know a very successful free agency for the Patri- Patriots. But we saw you know Mahomes struggling in, in that um, Super Bowl with the pass rush, and and um, the Chiefs did cut both those t- tackles. Eric Fisher gone, so clearly the the offensive line was something that they needed to to address. Um, and, and Tooney was probably the best offensive lineman on the, uh, you know, free agent market this year. So I, I think it's, you know, a, a good signing, one that they definitely needed to make because you look at the Chiefs and you're like, well, you know, there, there's not a lot of holes. Um, but clearly they, they, they needed to shore up that offensive line um, as that was really, you know, the, the killer in that Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I'm not sure how much. Yeah, it, it offsets the letting go of those two guards. So we'll see. But, I mean, Joe Tooney, big loss for New England. I, I obviously feel that. But their offensive line also will be fine without without him. I'm not thinking that it's going to be such a huge loss that it'll cause problems. Um, but, yeah, I mean, important that the Chiefs went out there. I mean, they signed offensive linemen and other teams who needed that did it. So there you go. That's how you become a champion. You you address the needs uh, for sure. Uh, also interesting, the Bucks. Um, not who they signed, but who they re-signed. You know, they re-signed Brady, re-signed Levante David, re-signed Gronkowski, franchise tag Chris Godwin, re-signed Shaq Barrett. You know, they're retooling for Super Bowl runs to come, it seems like. We'll see how long Brady can last out. And finally, another one for me, the Titans signing Danico Autry and Bud Dupree. Uh, I like that pick. You know, I think the Titans will fare better if they are a defensive run-pound team uh, like Mike Vrabel played under Belichick when he was a player um, rather than a throw team with Ryan Tannehill. Can Ryan Tannehill throw? Yes, but I don't think he, that should be the focus of their offense. And with John Smith gone, they let Corey Davis go. I think soon now you will see it's Derrick Henry's offense. It's a defensive minded team. They want to go to that. And uh, you have AJ Brown, who's a playmaker still in the receiving set. So I think this is going to be a good look for them. Um, yeah, I, I do want to ask you about the Packers, right? Because the Packers re-signed, re-signed, uh, Aaron Jones, which, which obviously uh, Aaron Jones is great. I have nothing wrong with that. What do you think though of this re-signing Aaron Jones, you know, and, 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 and drafting AJ Dillon, you know, when you could have drafted a receiver, great, great. Did it, did it hurt? Um, did it hurt uh, Rodgers and his quest for, you know, going down the Super Bowl? I don't think so. But it's still like a move that was questionable. And now it seems like, why did they do that? Is AJ, when is AJ Dillon going to even take over the reins? Why would they waste draft capital on him? So what do you think? Are you, is that something that has come up in your head of like, oh, what is this? What, what is, was this a bad choice? No, not really. Not, not in that sense. Um, it's, I mean, it's always worrisome giving a, a running back, you know, a, a contract that's any kind of, substantial in any sort of way um but you actually look at it and, and they the Packers didn't really pay him too much um especially for how good Aaron Jones has been um and and rumors circulating beforehand that that he could be getting you know a contract upwards of 15 million uh, I'm not sure if that was ever going to actually happen or what kind of offers he would get but um that not being the case on average he's making 12 a year which is equal with Joe Mixon for eighth overall in the NFL so while the money is still decent, like twelve million a year is, is still a decent amount of money, it's not an insane amount. Uh, and he, and he is somebody who's been like Aaron Jones has been huge for this offense. Uh, the the amount that he does out of the backfield, catching the ball, running the ball, the explosive plays. I mean, the amount of plays he has in the fourth quarter where he just breaks off a sixty yard run that that seals it. He's been I mean, he saved Aaron Rodgers' life a, a lot this year. I I think in Matt LaFleur's offense, you need more than one running back that, that's contributing. So I, I think A.J. Dillon, you know, takes that spot that Jamal Williams had last year, and Jamal was was a huge part of that offense. So I think there's still a spot there and, and all that. The, the only thing worrisome, I think, with with this contract really is is the years, four years, because of how quickly running backs just kind of go off uh, and, and, and kind of lose it. That that's worrisome. I, I Do I really look at this and think we're going to get four good years of Aaron, Aaron Jones? 
no. Um, but probably had to give him that, and and he is such a great player. I, I'm glad to see him back. Um, I didn't know if the, it, it, like I kind of wanted them not to do it, but then you go see Corey Lindsley. I think five year, like sixty three million dollar. Clearly, he was going to be getting a lot of money. So I think choosing between those two, Aaron Jones is probably more impactful. The the, the decision too is like, are you? I guess I kind of like it because this team has at times seemed to be so looking ahead to the future where it's like, Hey, we can, we've been to two straight NFC championships. Aaron Rodgers isn't getting any younger. Like we can win a Super Bowl, And I think signing, the signing probably hurts us more long-term. And like I said, you know, three, four years where maybe Aaron Jones isn't there anymore, but him coming back makes the Packers a much more dangerous Super Bowl threat. I agree. I mean, Aaron Jones is the reason every defense doesn't just say, let's hook three people up front and then we'll just quadruple team Devontae Adams and then he won't catch a ball because Absolutely. you have that Aaron Jones um, problem. Um, so, yeah, I agree. Um, I just wanted to hear your take on that for sure because it's been something I've heard. I, I don't think it hurts you guys. I, you know, I agree. A.J. Dillon, with, with how fast running backs go, A.J. Dillon will be relevant sooner rather than later. Um, and so I, I think it's a good spot for him still. And he'll, he'll learn from a good running back in Aaron Jones, uh, as well, uh, in, in my opinion. Yeah. And you, I mean, you're like, you're going to save those guys legs, which is another thing where like, all right, maybe the four years hopefully isn't as bad because of how they're used in LaFleur's offense and how, you know, important more than one running back is. But, uh, yeah, I think it's a good, and like, you know, there's, there was no Will Fuller's the best wide receiver on, on the market. I think bringing back Aaron Jones is more impactful than Will Fuller would be, honestly. Um, yeah. But, I, yeah, it's it's a deal where if they didn't sign him back, I wasn't going to be, like, that mad. I would have gotten it. But I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy he, he's back, and um, he deserves the payday. He probably deserves more money, but. There you go. I mean, running backs, hard, hard, hard sell at this point. Hard sell. Um, let, 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 let's finish this conversation, though, uh, with – Three quarterback moves. Three big quarterback moves. And by that, I'm being so sarcastic. Ryan Fitzpatrick going to the Washington football team. What do we expect out of Ryan Fitzpatrick? I think that's a great signing. I think it's a terrific signing. I do too. No, I I do too. That that team, they couldn't really throw the ball downfield last year. And and we saw what Ryan Fitzpatrick could do. Ryan Fitzpatrick had a great year last year. And I'm glad he's leaving Miami because they kind of treated him like dirt. Like they Dirt. Hey, we need you now, but now we don't need you. But now you have to throw this, make this amazing pass against the Raiders, even though we threw you to the wolf. So glad he's getting out. And and I like, I think he makes Washington kind of like dangerous. I like, I think he's going to be the starter and, and makes him a pretty, they could like, I, I think they're in the NFC East contention. Okay, there you go. Matt has has the faith in Fitz Magic. Uh, what about what about um, the deal that just got done? Actually, two deals that just got done. We'll talk about first. Bears fans, you have a quarterback. The moment you've been waiting for. It is not Deshaun Watson. It is not Russell Wilson. It is Andy Dalton, Red Rocket, coming over to Chicago. What do we what do we expect? out of Andy Dalton in Chicago. Is it just going to be a... <laughs> I don't know. He's going to be Nick Foles, basically. I don't, know what, I don't know what to expect. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what to expect from Chicago. Isn't isn't Nick Foles still there? I feel like Nick Foles is done, right? I mean, I don't... Yeah, I don't. Like, I think he's still... He has to be. I, I mean, I'm... Chicago front office is... They, I don't... How do any of you guys still have jobs? It amazes me. No idea. Good, good, good for you. Like, the fact that you're able to do this is... Is incredible, but I like I love Andy Dalton. But Andy Dalton was in some spots last year with the Cowboys where he probably could have gotten them an NFC East championship, and he's just not, you know, he's not going to come and change your team, right? And also, as a team that is a team that fails so miserably in terms of playoff hopes recently, you get a quarterback who even at his prime failed at playoff hopes. Like what? It, what kind of yeah. dramatic but irony is that? I don't imagine they're really like even signing him to be the starter. So I don't know what the what the thought is. They're not, I like, mean, how, maybe do you, are you really? Do you really think you're going to be able to to trade Foles, or are you going to cut Foles? Or I it I don't. I would cut Foles. I think Andy Dalton should be Foles. There's no other per- reason why he should be there. Um, a quarterback competition between Trubisky, Foles, and Andy Dalton seems like the most boring thing I could ever think of. So, just sad. don't don't do that to us, please, yeah. Chicago. You've 
You've heard us before. Um, and let's move you to the last one. A Packers fan. That's just, oh. Hmm. Yeah, yikes. That's not That's fun. That's rough. Um, Houston, we've been hearing, you know, all obviously all the Deshaun Watson noise. I won't talk. We talk about every episode. I won't talk about it too much again. They signed Tyrod Taylor, though. They signed Tyrod Taylor. What do we expect of Tyrod Taylor in Houston? Is he there as, as collateral? Is he there as, like, backup? Or is he, I mean... He wasn't too bad with the Chargers before that awful, awful thing that happened to his to his lungs, uh, and obviously the heir apparent in in the quarterback that got drafted. But yeah, do we think we could see Tyrod Taylor suiting up for the Houston Texans, like um, in a game? I no, I think he's I think he's a backup. I think I think either you know you have him as a nice like veteran backup to. I guess maybe help with Deshaun because I don't, I mean, like I said, I don't think you're going to trade him. Or if you trade Deshaun, I, I, I'm kind of assuming that they're going to put themselves in a position to get a young quarterback. And then, you know, Tyrod's the vet there, but um, I don't, you know, it's, it's an, it's another signing that like, you got to do it as a team, make sure you got a nice backup quarterback, but doesn't really, it doesn't mean much in the grand scheme of things, but nice to see Tyrod. You know, I love Tyrod Taylor. Keep getting paid. Too. Go get and those. Go get those backup quarterback bucks. Like that's backup quarterback is the best job in the world. You deserve it. You deserve it. Um, no, I agree. And also, I, but I think Tyrod Taylor will suit up. And here's why: I'm starting to come around to thinking if the Houston Texans haven't made a deal yet, you know they won't. You know, I think I think that they're going to try to force Deshaun's hand. And I agree that the world's going to turn on Deshaun as fast as they went for him in this situation if he starts to do the holdout thing like we see every single year. Um, and I think, but I could see Deshaun holding out one or two games and Tyrod Taylor starts those two games. They're like, we have a quarterback that'll start those two games. Like, feel free to hold out and not play. We, we're not letting you go. Um, so I think he could become relevant in that situation before Deshaun decides, before Deshaun decides that it's enough um, and he, you know, plays. But back to we'll play. see. Yeah. We'll see. Uh, and as we speak, the Bills just signed Emmanuel Sanders, former Saints wide receiver, uh, another weapon for Josh Allen. How much faith do I have in Emmanuel Sanders anymore? None, really. But still, None. you know, <laughs> there you go. A couple of years ago, I would be like, dang, what a great signing. But last year, I mean, I guess to be fair, Josh Allen's probably a better quarterback than Drew Brees right now. So maybe maybe that has more to do with it. Maybe uh, Josh Allen will use Emmanuel Sanders. Josh Allen could use Emmanuel Sanders really well. I mean, he, he used Cole Beasley, and obviously we know – how, how great his relationship with Stephon Diggs was. So maybe this will revitalize Emmanuel, but he was, he was so disappointing in new Orleans. He was so disappointing. And every time he talks, I feel like he's like, eh, yeah, what's up, brah. Yeah. And I'm like, what, is, who are you? What is going on? Um, he's on that podcast with, with, with all those guys. And I'm like, I hate when you talk. I'm not, I don't know where you're, what's, what's I don't know, ever know what's coming out of your mouth. Uh, shut your mouth, please. Shut your mouth, Emmanuel. All right. Let's talk about boxing, NFL, so many deals being done. Uh, we'll bring you more next week if there's anything of note to talk about. But, you know, Matt mentioned it. Lots of deals being done. Is there any that are like, oh, my God? I don't think so. I think you're right there. I don't think that there are any that I'm like, oh, my God, game change. Th- those deals happened already. The Matthew Stafford deal, for example. Those deals happened already. Um, and I don't think It's not a crazy big, like, free agent uh, class this year and then i think too like probably guys that would maybe tip things in a, a scale you know could have been like a chris godwin shaquille barrett aaron jones guys like that that would have been at least like people have been like oh okay there's a little bit of a change up like most of them have stayed with their respective teams so you're just like oh okay business as usual right business as usual going into a really you know pretty stacked draft so i think when you have stacked drafts you also see like not as much movement in that area um, because people are hoping for more in that draft. All right, let's go to the boxing world, though, because we got a unified heavyweight clash coming up, a two-fight deal signed between Anthony Joshua and Tyson Fury. They will battle twice to unify the heavyweight titles. And I'll just get straight to it. Who's going to win? Saints, it's St. Patrick's Day tomorrow. Who do you think I'm going to pick? You think I'm going to pick anyone <laughs> but the Gypsy King? Ah, I mean, I'm going with Tyson Fury, but I like I I also just think that that Fury is the better boxer. I think it, I think his boxing IQ is just ridiculous. Like it, it's absurd how smart he is inside the ring and, and how he takes on opponents. Um, and I think too, he, he just has a few better wins on his record um, than Joshua. He, he's got the wins over 
Should have two wins over Wilder, honestly, but has the win in the tie. Has a win over Schwartz. Um, I know they both beat Vladimir Klitschko, but um, it, it was Tyson that that really took him off his his throne and and, and took the title before um, Joshua beat him next. So I think it's going to be a great fight. And um, as he said, it's already a two-fight contract, which just kind of, as a boxing fan, just makes you want them to split it so that we get the rubber match. But I'm excited. I'm excited. You know, boxing has has hurt itself um, with, you know, all these different belts and, and all the different, you know, people trying to take care of themselves. And it's really hurt the sport because, like, you're like, hey, who, who is the best? So it's it's nice to have a, a fight like this that, that makes you think of kind of the heyday of the sport and hopefully – uh, will lead to kind of more of this instead of having, you know, 17 different weight class champions. Like, there shouldn't be that many different champions, guys. So let's let's figure it out. Right. And uh, I'm going to take the opposite here. I think Anthony Joshua gets the win. I think that, I agree. I think that, um, I think that Tyson Fury is the better boxer. He's got the more power. He's got the higher IQ. I think Anthony Joshua, though, has more stamina and endurance. And so I think all he has to do and I know that's asking a lot when you're fighting Tyson Fury, so don't get me wrong. But I think that he just has to be smart enough to avoid those big hits in the beginning, and he can outlast him down the stretch. Uh, I think people f- point to the first fight against Andy Ruiz sometimes, and I think that was just a fluke. I think Anthony Joshua completely underestimated Andy Ruiz, and then the second fight you kind of saw that he was the better boxer. Uh, and he's coming into this one hot. Uh, I do think they'll split it, though. I don't think Anthony Joshua will win both. I'd be surprised if he won one still because of how good Tyson Fury is as well right now. Uh, So I'm excited for that rubber match, baby. I'm excited for part three. I'm watching all the fights. I'm getting all the drama. And then I hope boxing has a rebirth. I agree. There's some good young boxers out there. um, And we just hope that the sport kind of... UFC kind of got boring for a sec and then like revitalized. And I think boxing has the same opportunity uh, to happen. Uh, and, and I think that they're in desperate need of this fight for sure. Yeah. Different because the UFC got boring for like a couple months because it's more on the rise. <clears throat> Boxing has been boring for a couple decades now. <laughs> a little bit different, oof. but, uh, oof. fair, fair, which sucks when you have such good fighters. So, uh, we hope for this fight that it brings boxing back to life. Uh, and yeah, so much looking forward to in other sports, but we get back now. To basketball. And as we move back into basketball, we're going to the South region. Uh, lots of exciting stuff going on here. Lots of interesting matchups. For me, I think this one was the, the one. I mean, the person who I think is going to win is not interesting. But I think in terms of other matches that could go either way, uh, there, I think you're going to see a lot of upsets in this one. Uh, except for the person who's going to win. I mean, maybe you disagree with me, but uh, lots of exciting stuff going on. Some matchups. I agree. I, I thought you didn't. I'd be crazy if you did. Um, yeah. I, some matchups I'm looking forward to. UNC Wisconsin is going to be good. Um, again, another eight nine. I'm boring, but 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 it's it's different. You know, one team just happy to be there with how UNC kind of had the beginning of their season and how they moved into the end. The other one, Wisconsin. You know, they they. They fi- they're surprised they finished this low considering how good they were at the beginning of the season uh, and into the they're midseason. Ranked, they were ranked higher than number nine to begin the year. Right, exactly. And, and, even, and they even were... UNC expected more. Yeah, like this is a different eight and nine because like both these teams, and I think both, I mean, like I, I'm not expecting them to beat Baylor, but look, you're going up against North Carolina or Wisconsin in the NCAA tournament. I don't care what they're seeded. Like they're, they're, they're going to give Baylor, whoever it is, a game in the second round. They're going to. Right, and I mean – Wisconsin, they could have beat us in that Big Ten game. They could have beat us. They absolutely could have beaten Iowa. Um, they didn't. Luckily, we played a good game. But uh, both teams can make the Sweet 16. They really can. Uh, and it's going to be a really great battle uh, in the 8-9 and nine here. So another interesting 8-9. and nine. And the other one that I'm looking at, Florida versus Virginia Tech. Florida coming into this one, losing 3-4, of four, getting bounced in the SEC's quarterfinal round. Granted, Virginia Tech also ended their season poorly. Not going to say that they didn't. Um, but basically you have two teams here that want to turn their luck around. They're entering this as cold as they can be. Both had higher expectation. We were talking about Virginia Tech winning, you know, winning their ACC um, at some point in the season. And Florida, you know, they started so hot. Um, and obviously they just haven't found that score that can move like Keontae Johnson can. So obviously not, not anyone's fault. Um, but yeah, Florida, Virginia Tech's another interesting one. I think it could go either way. 
I completely agree with with you know what you're saying on the on this bracket. Like I, I think Baylor, who you're alluding to, certain like I, they seem like the best team, and 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 Ohio State two, Wisconsin at the nine seed, like two seed to, to nine seed, all seem like I, kind of like I, I don't know how much better I think Ohio State really is than Wisconsin. Like I think they're better, but how much better is, is too you know to be determined. So this is this is certainly a, a fun bracket. I, I look at Utah State. And Texas Tech, the 11-6 matchup is a fun one. Utah State not quite as prolific on offense as, as they normally are, um, but still a, a really good team. One of those you know mid-majors that's just year in, year out making the tournament. Like The Aggies are kind of an a, a, a underrated program. Um, so a team that's going to be ready for Texas Tech. And, and Chris Beard, he's taken his team to the tournament twice. He's gone to the Final Four and the Elite Eight. So... Oof. As three seed. Oof, oof. Like, I know six seed is different than a three seed, but you take a three seed to the Elite Eight in the Final Four, and that's not only the Final Four, the championship game. I mean, this guy, he, he's an unbelievable coach when it comes to tournament time. Um, and then another big matchup slash kind of upset for me as we kind of go to the upsets as well, Arkansas Colgate. Uh, I, I think Colgate has a great shot in this game to pull off the upset. I always love to try and find a 14 to three. Um, they're, they're, they're rare, but they're not – they're not as rare as the 215. They happen, as sadly as Iowa fans know. Um, so I, I think Colgate's got a really good chance. And, and honestly, too, not even just upset-wise, just like entertaining game-wise, this one's going to be a blast. Both these teams are are extremely offensively uh, focused and, and explosive teams. So lots and lots of points going to be in that one. And then we mentioned it, Villanova. Of course I'm going to pick them to get upset. Are you kidding me? Like I, I've been down on Nova all year. I'm not going to stop now. And, and Winthrop is, you know, it's not just – Kind of my doubting on on Nova, but Winthrop's a, an experienced team. Uh, they've ran through their conference in the in the regular season and the tournament as well. Like teams like that are just you know you, you have a bunch of confidence that you're not going to be scared of anybody, uh, especially coming from a program like Winthrop that that has some tourney success. And then you know Nova also having no Colin Gillespie is like that that's huge. Um, you know the, the leader of the team and such. So Winthrop, I, I'm picking Winthrop to win. I'm not sure. I'm still debate. You know debating if I'm going to pick Colgate over Arkansas, but I think, I think Colgate's got a great chance. Right. I love that Colgate and Winthrop with the two teams. I'm like, Ooh, I want to pick both. I probably won't, but I want to pick both. Um, I mean, we'll go into upsets. Now I also have Winthrop over Villanova. They've won 28 of their last 29 games dating back to last season. They have a really good win over UNC Greensboro, who are the Southern conference champions. So we've seen them get it done. And Villanova looked bad before they look, lost Connor Gillespie. And now they're going to look worse. So I, I think when that upset happens and it will happen that I think it's not going to bust many people's brackets, except for Villanova fans, because I think a lot of people are going to pick that one. Um, it just looks like it's waiting to happen. It's waiting to happen. The only worry um, so that's an easy one is like, you know, whenever there's like that one upset that's like everyone's like, oh yeah, this upset's going to happen. Then it always feels like it doesn't happen. Like I, I almost feel like I always choose against that one, but I'm pretty sure I was like, in my head, I was like, there's no way I'm picking Villanova to win their first round game, no matter who they get, even before the bracket. No, I mean, fair. I mean, I would have, if it was Eastern Washington, I would have picked them Eastern Washington too. And Eastern Washington, I have no faith in. I, I agree. Sometimes you just, you know, you feel, you feel something about a team. I kind of feel the same about Arkansas, which is why I want to pick Colgate. I'm like, Arkansas doesn't scare me at all. Like they have Moses Moody, they have Moses Moody granted, but like, that's it. That's really it. I don't, I I'm have, not scared by if Arkansas. I have, if I have Arkansas beat Colgate, I'm telling you what, I'm not going to have them be beating Texas Tech. I like, right. No. Texas Tech also, a, yeah, just a better team in general. Um, yeah, and the other one I have is the one I talked about, Virginia Tech over Florida. I just think both these teams don't have a lot of upside, but that the the more upside lies with Virginia Tech just because of Kibaluma as a scorer rather than Florida with Trey Mann. Um, you know, I, I have Virginia Tech kind of being the 10 over the 7 there, uh, which I don't really see as much of an upset, but, you know, seating-wise it is. So there you go. Uh, let's move into players that we're looking for. I'm looking at Dwayne Washington Jr., I mean, he is hot. That boy is hot for Ohio State right now. He averaged 25.3 points per game in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, he's the reason that OSU is hopeful for a long run, despite a season where you're right. They don't really seem like they're that much better than the other Big Ten teams at times. Um, but they do enter this one on a, on a, on a hot streak. Uh, so Dwayne Washington Jr. is one of those players for me. And I don't know if you're going to mention him. I, I figure I will as one of us mentioned him, but Jared Butler, I mean, the second best player in the country right now, besides Luca Garza, he's evolved into the two-way player that Baylor needed if they wanted to lift their first ever tournament championship. And I think that they have a great chance to, uh, with him being that player. 
So Dwayne Washington Jr., Jared Butler, I have for me. How about you, Matt? Players you're looking at? For sure. I mean, it, it's a uh, it, it's a region that, um, as we you know already kind of mentioned, you you look for the the, the guards that are going to be able to make a difference. You got a guy like Demetri Trice who, if he gets hot, could take Wisconsin on, on a hell of a run. Uh, a guy like Jaden Ivey for Purdue who's playing out of his mind, Mac McClung for Texas Tech. But but you're right. Jared Butler has been, I think, the best guard uh, in college basketball this year. And, and Baylor really isn't – you know, they are another team that really is so team-centric. Uh, but, but but Jared Butler is that dude. Like you look at that team and you're like, he's he's the guy. Uh, and the whole, whole starting lineup, like I said, it's daunting. It's as good as it gets. It, 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 I think it's a starting lineup that is going to, if they meet Gonzaga, be able to give them a, a, a good test. But kind of like what I was saying earlier about McKinley Wright, like when Baylor needs a play, no matter what it is, whether it's a bucket, whether it's a, a dish, whether it's a rebound, a stop, Jared Butler's the guy that's going to make it for, for them. So I, I think he's someone that you have to, to call out. Um, and then I, I went with EJ Liddell. Um, uh, he, he's, you know, just one of the most sure things in college basketball. doesn't have tremendous athleticism, doesn't have tremendous size, but just plays a very effective game. You know, finding the space, working it extremely effectively, finds his shot, ma- makes it easy on himself. I think the thing with him, as much as I love him, I do think he's the kind of player that needs to kind of assert himself a little bit more and 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 try and take over a game. He, he's so good at letting the game come to him. Sometimes he, he becomes too much in that role where uh, I think he, he could say, no, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take this game over right now. And I think if he does that, Ohio State has, has a good chance to make a Final Four run. There you go. Well, EJ Liddell, Jared Butler, Dwayne Washington Jr. I love Matt McClung. So great players in this, uh, in this region. Uh, so let's go to it, though. We both agree. Baylor's winning this region, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's yeah. been a historic season for the Bears. I think that continues here. My second Big 12 team in in the uh, the Final Four, which I don't love that, but it is what it is. But yeah, Baylor Bears back to the Final Four for the first time since since 1950. It's just a team that that defensively have been good all year. We knew that was going to be the case, and the offense has been better than I expected it could be uh, with Jared Butler and Teague, and um, it, it's it's a, a really really good team. I love Macy Oteague. Macy Oteague is so good. He can really be the focal point when Jared Butler isn't. And Chemwa Chachua, the rebound king when he wants to be. You um, got, you got so Mark Idol. You got Davion Mitchell. Like the team is it's so – they really do have so many stacked. guys that make that make big plays for them. Stacked, yeah. Um, and they're just an offensive battleship. I mean, they've averaged like 85 points per game. I just don't think any team in this region at least will be able to keep up. Um, and if you look at their team, they have a lot of upperclassmen. So even if they got themselves in a situation where they would need to come back, they have that leadership. It's not just a bunch of young guys who are talented. It's like also guys who have been through it. Um, and for a program that desperately wants it. So I think they have that as well. Um, but yeah, I actually, it's funny. I didn't even realize this. I have one team from four, like I don't have a, I never double up. I have one big 10. I've got one big 12. I've got one sec and I've got, uh, Gonzaga, obviously, from the Western. So I, I, I think I'm. Pro- I, I like- think I'm going to change my Texas pick to Florida State because I don't think I can change Butler. No, you can't. Uh, Butler, or B- Baylor. Baylor. Yeah, yeah. I do mean Baylor. Butler, Jared Butler for Baylor. There you go. Um, yeah, I, I like that. That's probably the pick you want to change, just because Texas. A little. I mean that that region's going to give us. I just want to. I just want to. Probably- I just need to mix it up. Can't I agree. Do- I agree. Bringing too much not bringing big. too much logic to the NCAA tournament is when you when you falter, right? Because you're like, I know how all games go, and then March is like, do you? Yeah, do you? March just like, like you thought the weather shit. was hot, yeah. just you, you thought the weather was hot. Yeah, it's March is just a liar in all no. ways. It's is it is, uh, yikes! What does that say about my March birthday? All right, Midwest region. Let's go on. Uh, we got the last region here. Um, again, I, I like this one too. It's an interesting one for sure. I, I, a lot of great players in this region, great, great players in this region. So I think, um, I think it's going to be an interesting one for me. I think the winner is still clear, but we'll see Midwest region, uh, some ma- games I'm looking at Loyola, Chicago, Georgia tech, uh, again, eight, nine, I'm going to stick with my eight, nine picks. Uh, but they're two really good eight, nine picks. You know, they, they both play really good basketball, um, and have been playing good basketball going into this tournament. I think it's a tough draw for both. Um, they'll have to play Illinois afterwards, and that's going to suck too. 
but I think uh, this one is going to be really fun to watch while it happens, and and only one team can prevail, and it's going to be interesting to see which one it is. And then Tennessee, Oregon State. You know, Tennessee uh, is the higher seed, but Oregon State has the momentum with their Pac-12 tournament title. They got wins over Colorado and Oregon, two teams that we've talked uh, really well about. Uh, and Tennessee hasn't won two in a row since January. And John Fulkerson looks to be disqualified from playing in this one. So I, I like Oregon State uh, to upset Tennessee uh, in this one. And it's going to be a good game to watch uh, regardless. What are what are some games you're looking forward to for you in the in the first round at least? I completely agree with with both those for sure. I, you know, the uh, the Tennessee Oregon State game is exciting too. You don't you don't like see a lot of conference like power conference teams make the tourney with a run like Oregon State had. Um, I'm, I'm supposing you know we have Georgetown this year as well, but, but it's not it's not frequent. And even Oregon State a little bit different. Like Oregon State was fifth in the Pac-12 um, as as um, as opposed to Georgetown, who was eighth. Like Oregon State wasn't. Super, super bad, but but not a team that would be here without winning the conference. So we'll see if that can can kind of like keep them going, or if it all it's one of those things too, where it's like, oh, we've accomplished this huge, great goal, and we've got it done. So so we're done. So I think that one, it, you know, it makes for a really good game, especially too. Like you know, Tennessee has been so another one of those teams this year that's just been up and down, up and down. Times where they look like up a Final down. Four contender, times where they look like they're going to lose their first game, which they very well uh, could. Um, Clemson Rutgers looks like like a great one, um, and and uh, you know San Diego State Syracuse is, is another game that that I look to to be uh, a good game um, as I've done the last couple times. So that'll just put me right to my upsets because I, I think I think Syracuse is in a great position to get to get that upset win over uh, San Diego State in the first round. I'm always a fan of San Diego State, but I just think Hughes too is just is a kind of a bad matchup for them. Aztecs are never really an elite offensive team, and and Hughes is zone defense clicking at the right time of the year. Funny how, how often Jim Beheim makes that happen. So, um, you know, they could have made a, a, a bigger ACC tournament run if Virginia doesn't hit that buzzer beater. They, they gave them a really good game. So I, I think Syracuse's offense is playing better. I think the defense is going to be a tough matchup for San Diego State. And then uh, upset-wise, first round, I, I don't see another big one. Second round, though, I think Clemson over Houston, and I think Loyola Chicago over Illinois both are, are possible uh, upsets. I, I, I really do. I just think I, I think I think. Or I, did I say Clemson over Houston? I meant Rutgers. Um, I, I think Rutgers is gonna like. I don't think Houston's that good. Um, I, I just think they're overseeded. They they, they they might deserve their seed, but I don't think they're a two seed. Uh, I think Rutgers. I know Rutgers has has you know struggled this year, but they do have a lot of good offensive talent, and they're a tough defensive team. Obviously, so is Houston. Um, but like Rutgers has been all year in the Big Ten in those close, tough defensive games, so they know how to compete in them. And then I just think like all of Chicago, like I just think they're a good team, and I think there's that that little bit of extra incentive. It's like when Wichita State was going to play Kansas. Like you're the small school that never gets talked about. Here's the state school, the big. So I like I think like all of Chicago will have a little extra incentive of, of you know wanting to play well, but I also just think it's a really really good basketball team. Oof. Wow, that's that would be something if they can get past Illinois. I I mean, we'll go. Right. I I talked about Oregon State. That's one of my upset pick. They beat, beat Tennessee. It's not too much of an upset for me. Tennessee has. I have no faith in them. Um, and you talked about my other one, Rutgers over Clemson. I mean, it, on top of Rutgers being in the Big Ten and their their seeding being because they had so many Big Ten teams to play and and played lots of them close. I remember when Iowa played Rutgers. I didn't like that game. That game was too close for comfort for a yeah. while. Um, not at all yeah right um you know and but and clemson coming to this one losing two of three and going out in a second round in the acc so clemson doesn't really uh strike me as super competitive either so i think it's a 50 50 game ron harper jr gets going that game's over and it's rutgers so i think it really only takes that for them uh and like i said oregon state over tennessee just because of where they stand in terms of uh momentum um, but like I said, a lot of great players playing in this one. Uh, we talked about Illinois. We didn't talk about them right now because they're not going to get upset first round at least. Uh, but I would assume you saw when he came back from injury, what Illinois can be. I mean, my goodness, what Illinois can be when he is back with Kofi Cockburn. I mean, it's ridiculous what they can be. Um, and he might be the second best guard in the league. Uh, 20.7 points per game, 6.3 rebounds per game. He is the real deal, but he's not the best guard in the league, and he's not the best guard in this region because it's Cade Cunningham, uh, who is also in this region from OK State. You know, OK State wasn't supposed to be in the tournament. They are. Can he take his team far um, with a good run? 
He's got 23.7 points per game. He's a 6'8 tall guard, uh, so he can really shoot over anybody that he needs to. Uh, could be a, like a Kemba Walker or Carmelo Anthony-like run um, and and kind of get that first pick in the draft as well if he plays well. I mean, he's going to be the first pick, but I mean, cement that pick. He can play, um, he can play like ass. He's going to be the first pick. That's true. That's true. Um, but yeah, those are the players that I'm looking at, the players that I want to mention. How about, how about you, buddy? Yeah, I mean, I, I think you have to start with Katie Cunningham. 6'8", combo guard, been on a tear recently. Um, I mean, he's been played well all year, but as of late, he's been playing even more out of his mind. Uh, just a matchup nightmare with that size. Sort of, the, you know, the college equivalent to to Luka Doncic. Um, not really like a, a, a pure point guard, but a guy who has the ball in his hands a lot um, and can make plays uh, passing the ball and, and running the offense, but is probably more dangerous as a scorer um, and, and what he does with the ball in his hands as opposed to finding other players. You know, he, he's the best player, you know, NBA-wise in the country. Um, and he he gives them a chance to make a, a crazy run. And, and, you know, to give the Pokes their, their credit, the rest of that team's been playing out of their mind as well. Avery Anderson's been playing well. I mean, that, that whole team's been playing really, really well of late. It hasn't just been the, the Cade Cunningham show, which has been the change, because I think he's been playing really, really well all year and deserves all the love he gets. But recently – you know, the rest of the team has kind of upped its play as well, which is, uh, you know, makes for a, a dangerous prospect, especially for a team that at the start of the year, we didn't think was going to be in the tournament. So glad to see Kate Cunningham here. Um, and, and we'll see if he can make a little bit of magic. It, it's tough to choose how, you know, Coburn, IO, the Illinois team is, is just so incredible. Honestly, IO being gone, maybe even help them more of, of, you know, seeing guys like Curbelo and Frazier and Miller have to really step up and, and make plays. And, and they did. Um, and, and it's given them a lot more confidence. The, the whole team's just playing tremendously well right now. But I'm not going to give any love to Illinois because it's, you know, you have and, and there's plenty to give. I'll give it to, the, you know, the, the player of the year in the Missouri Valley. I mentioned Illinois, Chicago. Um, Cameron Crutwig, player of the year, third-team all, All-American. He was a freshman when Loyola went to the Final Four and, and a guy with a ton of skills. He's only improved. He can score on the post, can score on the outside. Phenomenal passer for a big man. So, you know, if the Ramblers roll, if they're able to make some noise against Illinois, it's going to be because uh, Cutwig making some some plays. There you go. All right. So you don't want to give Illinois some love in the players category. Are you giving them love in the in the team who's going to win this region category? I mean, it's the team you probably should pick, but I already have two number ones in the final four. And and look, every year the top four, top four seeds look somewhat unstoppable. Top three speeds, especially. Uh, and every year, more than one of them fails to make a run that they should make. Like, Zion and Duke, you and I beating Kansas. There's VCU. There's George Mason. They call it March Madness for a reason. So I'm going to go with Bob Huggins and the West Virginia Mountaineers making the Final Four, which is the other reason I need to change Florida State, uh, Texas to Florida State. Otherwise, I'll have three Big 12 teams, and that's not happening. Uh, so I'm going to go that's not West happening. Virginia to win the the uh, the region and join Baylor, Florida State, and Gonzaga in my Final Four. I mean, here's the thing with not picking Illinois, right? Look at these teams that they've beaten going into the tournament. Michigan, Ohio State, Rutgers, Iowa, Ohio State. In look, a yeah, row. You should be going into this tournament. Here's the thing. I'm not going to defend not picking or like fight against. Wait, no. Let me. You should pick Illinois. Right. But let me finish. There's no hotter team going into the tournament in terms of the pl- teams that they've played. They're great all around. Io DeSumo is back. And for that reason, I am not picking them to win this region. They are just... They are just, it's a trap. It is an absolute trap. And believe it or not, I have Bob Huggins and West Virginia going there as well. I absolutely do. I I absolutely do. Because you think of teams that both have good players, have shown out well. I mean, West Virginia up and down sometimes, but for the most part, really dangerous. I I loved on them uh, last episode as well. Uh, and, and And a coach that can... And a coach that can get them through the stretch. I think Illinois has a, t- a great chance of being upset by Loyola Chicago. We mentioned it already. And I just, when a team is that hot, and it's not Gonzaga, because they're not hot like they, they look unstoppable. They're just hot like they can't lose right now. Mm-hmm. So when a team is hot like they can't lose, they lose. That's when, they yeah. lose in March. That's when they lose. When you come uh, in, when you come in this hot, it makes me think of I remember there was a Louisville, a few, it was like maybe 10 years ago or something like that. And I, I didn't think anyone was going to know about them, but then they got too hot and they were the number one overall seed. They were the hottest team in the world. And I think they lost in the Sweet 16. Like, it, you're so right. Right. John Wall and Anthony Davis played together. Did they win? No. They lost. I mean, what? John, John they lost, Wall. They lost to John Wall and DeMarcus Cousins. 
Demarcus yeah. Cousins. Anthony Davis. Yeah. Did they Anthony win? Davis did win. No. John Wall and Demarcus Cousins yeah. lost to West Virginia. There you go. So there you go. Even more reasons. But I just, I looked at this and I was like, this is where I'm wrong. Like Baylor's not going to lose. Gonzaga's not going to lose. Maybe I'm wrong in that other region, but who knows who's going to be right. So I don't feel bad picking the number two. But this is the region that's going to get everybody. I'm marking you right here. This Midwest region, everyone's going to pick Illinois and everyone's going to be wrong. And I guarantee you it's sooner rather than later. Because that's what this is, people. If you've never made a bracket before, you don't put three number ones. So you got to lose one if you're picking three. And you're not going to lose Gonzaga or Baylor, especially with their competition. So Illinois, I'm sorry. I just, if you make it, great. If you make it, absolutely. I'm happy for you. Represent the Big Ten there. But it's one of those things know, where like, where the, the obvious just doesn't happen in the NCAA tournament. So you look at, at Gonzaga, Illinois, and Baylor, and you're like, all right, all three of them obviously look like they should be going to the Final Four. So obviously all three right. of them aren't. So it's, it's not even yeah. so much of me picking Illinois to not make it as much as I'm just like, I have a little more faith in Baylor and Gonzaga to get it done than I have in you to get it done. Like it's nothing really against you, but if I have the three obvious, you know, scenarios to occur, I'm going to put my money with those ones actually occurring than, than Illinois getting it done because there, there, there's just going to be madness. That's why they right, name madness. it that. That's why they name it that. That's why they name it that. All right. With that, we are done with our regions. I am so excited, my friend. We are going to watch basketball together. We're going to talk basketball next week. We'll probably be like, well, we were wrong. Um, and that's going to be that. Uh, we're going to be wrong a lot, which is the best part about it. We're going to be wrong a lot. tournament. Hopefully not about the Hawkeyes. That's all I ask. Just not wrong about the Hawkeyes. Dear Lord. Um, that's all next, I want. Just that's- give me the next weekend. Just get me to next week. That is honestly all I'm asking, Uh, which is like kind of sad as a two seed to be like, just give me to the sweet 16. But that is all I like. I'll be happy. I'll be, I mean, I want, I want elite eight, but just at least get me to the next weekend. I just don't want a second round exit because what was the point of all of this then? Honestly, um, no, that it, it's going to be really exciting. Uh, we'll be on the edge of our seats. We'll be on social media. We'll be covering all of it. So you got to follow us now because you'll you'll be seeing all the upsets there, all the all the madness will be documented. Um, but to end our March Madness talk, let's talk favorite tournament memories. Matthew, what's what's a what's one of your favorite tournament memories uh, from March Madness's past? Ooh, you know, I had, 2016. There was. Woodbury had that that buzzer beater in overtime uh, over um, Temple, which was like that was pretty fun because I was watching it with my dad and, and like you get you get the buzzer beater and the, the big the, the win and everything. Um, and, and anytime I'm watching Hawkeye sports, especially with my dad, it's it, it's a, a meaningful moment. But like tournament watching wise, one of my favorites, I, I, I don't know, it it's up there. It was a, a battle in 2010 between six seed Xavier and two seed Kansas state. And it was one of the best basketball games I've ever watched. Double overtime game ended with Kansas state winning 101 to 96. Jordan Crawford for Xavier, Jacob Poland and Denny Clemente for Kansas state, just going off like both, like both teams. It was always those players just making absurd shots, absurd three pointers to, to keep the game going. Just an absolute blast of a game for, for like, I think it was like a sweet 16 game. Like it wasn't even like that much stakes, but that's, that's what the tournament is because every game is so many stakes. You're always playing for your life. So, uh, yeah, Xavier, Xavier and K State 2010 Sweet 16 matchup was one of my favorites. Just, just a hell of a game to watch. Right. Ugh, man, so many moments to pick from. I'm going to be a homer though, and because he plays for the Boston Celtics, I'm going to mention him even one more time. Cardiac Kemba's run in the tournament a couple years ago. Look, I remember watching that man dance to the tournament. It's the first time I actually watched March Madness for real, for real, because you know me, I was not a huge basketball guy uh, back in the day. But, you know, the UConn was not looking too good. They won five games in five days to clinch the Big East title, where they played Pittsburgh, who looked absolutely unstoppable. They played Brad Wanamaker when he was there in college, who also played with Kemba in Boston. So there's another little connection um, and then he went on the tournament. He went absolutely off. He beat San Diego state who had Matthew Kawhi Leonard. That's right. He beat Kawhi Leonard in San Diego state. He beat Arizona. He beat Kentucky. And then they beat Cinderella team, uh, Butler in the final with Celtics coach, Brad Stevens. So there's another Celtics connection. Um, so it's just, it's just like, seems kismet that all of that was true, but 
it was just so much fun because then you thought, as a, as a new basketball fan, I just remember thinking, this is what basketball is. It's just one guy who just comes in and he destroys everybody. And do anything. The funny thing about that one, too, is like the Big East run was way better than the NCAA run. Like entertainment. Oh yeah. oh yeah. The NCAA run was was still cool and like they had they had some good games. Um obviously not the championship game. God, that championship game sucked. But like the Big East one was God, those games were were so so much fun. The Big East back then was I know the Big Ten's good now, but like the Big East at that time in the heyday of of like Pitt when Jamie Dixon had Pitt really good and Calhoun was still at UConn and it's God, that was the best conference. It was. And even a couple of years ago when you had, you know, Villanova more at their peak and Creighton and Xavier and, and, and nah, like, there that's was a, a garbage, that's a garbage version. Give me, give me the original. I like, I like, no, the but I'm East saying now, they were good. But like the original Big East with Q's and, and, and Nova still being pretty damn good. Like God, that Georgetown being much better than they were. Ah, oh, that was chef's that kiss. Was basketball. Chef's kiss. All right, folks. We have reached our favorite time of every podcast. I mean, I love talking basketball, but I also love putting uh, Matt on the hot seat. You ready for quick fire questions? Oh, I'm, you think I'm not ready? I'm ready, baby. Got the tricolor by me. It's March Madness. It's born for this shit. Born for this shit. All right, let's go then. We'll start with the NFL. This is an easy one. Russell Wilson, Jimmy Garoppolo, Sam Darnold, Deshaun Watson. Four players that have been rumored to be leaving their teams. Who leaves their team first among those four? Who first will play for a new team? Yeah, who's going to leave their team? Like of those four teams, not even play first, but who's going to leave their team first? Leave their team. Man, that's I, – I mean, so I think it's between Garoppolo and Darnold. Um, so the more the question is like if the Niners are able to make a move for another quarterback, which probably would be Deshaun – so I guess it would be a tie there. I'll go Darnold just because, I yeah, I'm going to go Darnold. There you go. Sam Darnold leaving the Jets before those other players. I, I agree. I mean, I think Jimmy might be the other one, but I, I think those – I think it's – yeah, I sure. think it's between Jimmy and Sam. And maybe I guess – you know, maybe it is Jimmy because I guess it depends on how much the Jets are like, yeah, we're still going to try and roll with Darnold, but I'll go Darnold. All right. The Bucks made a lot of moves in the offseason to keep their team together. The questions remain – Will Tom Brady make the Super Bowl again? Not win it. Will he make the Super Bowl again, Matt? Man. I mean, I, sh- I shouldn't say no because he, all he did was shut me up all year with the Bucks. But it does seem it, it's only going to get tougher. Um, I'll go no. I'll stay hate. I'll go no. <laughs> hate on him until he retires. Yeah. He does. He doesn't care. Yeah. He doesn't care. There you go. Um, all right. And my final question. Pick one to happen. Only one can happen. All four number one seeds make the final four, or Gonzaga doesn't make the final four. All four one seeds make the final four. Ooh! Yeah, for sure. I like the Gonzaga's Gonzaga's gonna make it. And I do think this is like this is a year where like it, it's it's set up for them all. I don't think Michigan's going to make it, but I but I don't think Gonzaga's not going to make it. So like, out of those two things happening, all four, yeah, I have to go all four. Number ones make the final four because like I, damn, Gonzaga's just damn. too good. Even even with the Hawkeyes there to give you the out, even trust with me. the Hawkeyes, trust me, there. I would take it if I thought I could. But every logical fiber in me, I remember that game. I remember that game in December. You know, it was not that long ago. That's true. I think we're a different team, but that's but that's. I that's think true. I think um, we are too. I think we're better, but right. I just want to. I want to let everyone know. If we beat Gonzaga and go to the Final Four, I will never stop talking about Luka Garza and the Iowa. No. I I we're gonna have a segment every week talking about how amazing that. All was. of all of my but, children's names will have been decided because I'll just have a roster to choose from. Luka. And you know it's going to be annoying if you have to name one of your kids Joe Bo because Jordan yeah. Bohannon goes. Yeah, I mean, and like, Jordan like Jordan's a good. I like I like Jordan as a girl's name too. So like it would work work out really well there. Um, yeah, and then you can be like, man, Jordan, I love you, but you piss me off sometimes. You piss me off sometimes. Make some stupid decisions, Jordan. <laughs> Jordan's going to be the. It sounds like Jordan's going to be the one that's just like me and is going to drive me crazy. Right. Man, perfect. 
There you go. We got it all yeah, figured read, out. Read what you sell, right? There you go. All right. You're off the hot seat. And with that, we are in the section so uh, aptly named. Cool down. Oh, yeah. That was great. Uh, thank you so much, everybody who listened. Uh, we're getting into a really exciting part of our podcast. I know sometimes, and Matt will agree with me here, sometimes it's like, what do we talk about? You know, how much can we talk about? I uh, don't, you know, how long? But I I just had so much fun this night. I mean, really. Today's been a blast um, talking about this. It just has made me more excited for March Madness action. Who doesn't um, want to talk about the tourney nonstop? Oh, if there was a tourney, I mean, this is where this is what the podcast is for. When it's we the moments are, like, like look, this, and when it, when it goes on too, we are going to like we're not going to break down every round of sixty-four game or even round of thirty-two, but sweet sixteen. Like we're we're going to be going into it. It's uh, right. Be ready. I mean, next week. Next week, you can uh, kind of you can kind of anticipate another episode like this, split into two, uh, talking about each region and the games to come and the games that have happened. Uh, I mean, who what doesn't want March Madness coverage? So there you go. But in the meantime, watch the tournament. If you've never watched and you're like, oh, do I have? To? Yes, you do have time. There's games all day. You have time yeah. at some point in your day. Um, so watch the tournament. It's like impossible Make not to have time. Right, exactly. Make a bracket if you haven't. Make it fun for you. Uh, we'll keep you posted, like I said, on all um, on all things March Madness. And also, me and Matt are in the same bracket pool, so we'll keep you posted on our head-to-head records, uh, just so you know how we're doing there. Uh, I still got to make mine tonight, actually, after this. This this was my research session. Uh, joked like a little bit. I was like, oh, I have some other things. I'm not sure. This is this is my research session, uh, for sure. So it was good there. So you're um, stealing all my yeah. knowledge. That's what he's saying. Uh... I get it. That's what I'm doing. I do that too. Smart. Go. That's smart. You know? there you Thank you. Uh, I, I will see who got more out of it for sure. Um, no, but if you're listening to this, it's St. Patty's Day. So enjoy St. Patty's Day. You know, if you're vaccinated, go get a drink or drink at home. Wear something green. Damn it. Um, and, you know, as always, stay safe. Wear a mask. Get vaccinated. And cheers, y'all. Happy St. Patrick's.